Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. So today is a morning which we're going to call Meet the Family. Meet the Family. There we are. We all have a family, don't we? Hands up if you've not got a family. No, everyone's got a family. Everyone's got parents. Sometimes we've got brothers and sisters or both. And here's the thing. We can't choose our families. That's kind of chosen for us. You know, we, we, we live with whatever we're landed with. And uh, that, that's families. And all our families are a little bit different. Some families are really tight and close. Sometimes in families, we wind each other up a little bit. Has anyone ever had brothers and sisters who wind each other up a little bit? Yeah, okay, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much all of us. But, but we're still families, even though we wind each other up a little bit. We're still a family. And, you know, families, we tend to live together when we're growing up in a household, don't we? So we tend to live in a, in a family house, perhaps somewhere where our, our mum and our dad have decided to live. And, well, therefore, that's where we live. That's where we're brought up. You might have been brought up in Market Harbour. You might have been brought up a long way from Market Harbour. But we've all been brought up in some kind of family house, in whatever kind of family we were landed with, yeah. <laughs> and um, I want to show us something in the Bible this morning about uh, what God says about who we are as being a family. So can we just put three scriptures on? This is really quick. I want to make three really, really quick points here. Here's the first one. This is part of a letter that a man called Paul is writing to his friend called Timothy and he's instructing Timothy on how things should be in the church. And Paul says to Timothy, I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. So here we are. We've got Paul telling his friend Timothy that the church is God's household. And therefore, that makes us God's family. Yeah? Have a look at another scripture. So here he is, Paul writing again to Timothy. He's saying this, Never speak harshly to an older man. Any older men in the room? Yeah, a few. Okay. But appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men. Any younger men in the room? Steve Clark, your hand's gone up twice. That's not allowed. <laughs> but talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women. I won't do that one. Treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women. Lots and lots of younger women here today. <laughs> treat younger women, women as you would your own sisters. So not only, as Paul said to Timothy, this is the household of God. But he's also said, we should relate to each other just like we would relate to our own families, our fathers, our mothers, our brothers, our sisters. Okay, Ollie, here's the last one. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So here we are again. We've got Paul writing a letter to the Galatians this time, and he's describing the church as being a family of faith. So we've got, it's a household, it's mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, treating each other as such, and that we should do good to everyone, 
and especially those in the family of faith. You know, in Market Harbour, this is a family of faith. Yeah, some of the family of faith are on a holiday this week, but they're still part of the family of faith. This morning, we get a chance together to meet Kate. Now, I know that we've all met Kate at some point already, but we're going to get a chance to talk to Kate a little bit more about her life. And, you know, Kate and Julian have been part of the church here since we started in Market Harbour. Kate is a deacon in the church. So Kate is one of the people who takes particular responsibilities for looking after all the church finances. That's one of the many things that Kate is involved in. And the other thing is I can tell you about Kate and Julian is they work really, really hard uh, in the church. And we're so grateful to have them with us. We love them both very much. But this morning, Julian is going to watch on because Kate is going to come to the front and uh, we're going to chat to Kate right now. I think we better give Kate a big round of applause. Come and sit on my lovely sofa. If you're wondering where you got the lovely sofas from, you've walked past them every single week we've been coming to the school. They're they're quite uh, interesting, aren't they? They're not all that comfortable, but we're going to make the best of it. So, so Kate, we we kind of know you, but I'm sure there's lots about you that we we don't yet know, and uh, I think we'd just really like to get to know you a little bit better as a member of our family. So what is it, Kate, that you can tell us about your your early life, kind of where you grew up and what that was like for you? Um, First of all, excuse the sheaves of notes, (laughs) because I realised that um, very... I've actually been... This year, I've been a Christian 50 years. Wow. So it's a long time to look back. But I was actually born in Kettering, so not far, so I've almost... ended up coming back home. I was born in Kettering. Um, My dad was a postman. Mum was a print worker. Um, We had sort of normal normal life, really. I went to high school, Kettering High School. Um, If Jim and Izzy were here, I think Jim went to Kettering Grammar School as well, so he was born in Kettering, apparently. And, um, yeah, we had a normal life. Um, but it became apparent that I was able, I went on did A-levels and I had the chance to go to university. Um, my dad, one of the things I always say about my dad was he was so encouraging um, to g- grab life's opportunities. He really taught us that, you know. And, and, and so, although it was actually quite unusual to go to university from Kettering, <laughs> from, you know, um, I, went, I went to university and I went to Southampton University. Great. Excellent. To study history, and yeah. that was in 19... So I was born in 1954. 1954. And that was... Um, so this is last century, everybody. 1954. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so in 1972, <laughs> when I was 18, I went to Southampton University. Wow. OK. And uh, when was it, Kate, that you first met Jesus? Was that as a younger person or as a, when you were a bit older? No, going to university was all part of that because um, I actually found myself... In digs, um, sometimes you go to to halls of accommodation, um, but sometimes you put in digs, and that's what happened to me. And I was actually sharing a room with a Christian girl, and so actually I found myself, all the freshest things that you go to, I found myself going to all the Christian freshest things, strangely enough. And um, it was through that that I met other Christians, and I started... I think I had been... 
questioning things before, but without actually knowing what I was questioning. You know, sometimes that point where you... Even the silly little things, I'd say, like looking up at the sky and thinking, wow, is there what, you know, what's out there? And, and things like that. And I remember there was someone went round, was walking around the country with a cross on his back at that time and sort of noticing that. And, but it didn't mean anything to me at the time, but I think that was all part of the opening up, you know. And so when I got to university and started going, meet, met Christians, started going to, to Christian events and going to church with people, and that's where very quickly um, I, I started to talk to God and I gave my life to the Lord in a in very few weeks' time, I think. Yeah. And very quickly after that... Um, there was a real move of the spirit going on at the time, particularly among the, um, not solely, but among the student body. And so I was, I was filled with the spirit very yeah. quickly after that. Wow. Brilliant. So yeah. that was in Southampton? That was in Southampton, and, yeah. And um, is that where you met Julian? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Julian was one of the Christians that I met. Um, the first time, I always, I have in my mind that the first time I ever saw Julian was at, someone at someone's baptism in a church in Southampton. And um, I remember him preaching at me. He was, a, he was a very intense young man. It was before I gave my life to the Lord. And so I, that's how I remember meeting Julian. And, you know, he was, he was preaching the gospel at me, bless him. And um, <laughs> so we were very good friends and we became part of the student group. We, the student group started to meet together on Sundays. And, and out of that, eventually, a church grew... Um, in Southampton but as a student group we were very close and we were very good friends for a long time um, until suddenly we were more than that and we started we went out together I think we went to the theatre didn't we I think or some something yeah <laughs> just say yes just not yeah. to you <laughs> and uh, and we went out on a date and I hadn't realised that Julian actually had been quite... Um, had liked me in a special way, more than, you know, just good friends, for, uh, as we say in our family, for quite a long time. But I think once we, once we finally got together, and I must look at my notes, because that was... Um, oh, spring 74. So that was, two, that was in the spring of the second year. Um, once we started going out together... Again, our memory differs. I say within about two weeks, I think we knew we were going to get married and it was right and, we, you know, God had joined us together. Julian sees it a little bit longer than that. But in a very short amount of time, in spring 74, uh, we were engaged wow. and um, we knew we'd spend the rest of our lives together. Yeah. So Yeah. So when did it. you get married? What year was that? We got married in um, April 76. Okay. So By I'll... which time we were up in um, Bra uh, Manchester. Oh, OK. So tell us how you end up in Manchester. Um, we went to Manchester because we've, we finished university after the three years. Um, I felt that I should be training to teach the deaf, and I found a course in Manchester. And, and then Julian got a job in Manchester as well because we felt there was just something that said, although a church was developing in, in, in Southampton and lots of amazing things were happening, we just felt that we needed to be with older Christians, to be, I suppose, mentored, to be looked after, to, be, to just to learn more, really. And that I think there was a feeling that if we'd stayed, we'd been we would have been thrown into 
leadership almost, or, or just more than we were ready for. We were still very young. We just knew that it wasn't right for us to stay in Southampton. And so we looked for a church in Manchester and didn't find one. So then we started to travel over to Bradford, where we had a very good friend from university who'd moved up there. Um, we had met Bryn Jones and, and, his, and Kerry Jones while we were students at, at um, university, and we took advice from them. Kerry was in Bradford, and so we started travelling every weekend over to Bradford to stay with our friends in Julian's very rickety old mini minor, which barely made the Pennines, but had to do a lot of journeys over the Pennines. So, so the church that you became part of, you, you joined it because you had relationships with people already? Yes, I think, yes, I yeah. think so. Um, we knew, we, yes, we just felt drawn there. We knew it was right for us to be there. Yes, we'd met, we had friends there, we made other friends, and we just knew that that was where God wanted us to, mm. do, to be. So when I finished, we got married in the April, but when we, I finished my course, I got a job in Bradford, Eventually, Julian also got a job in Bradford, and um, we moved to our first house yeah. in Lidget Green in okay. Bradford. Nice. <laughs> and you've got a family as well. Yeah. Who we we don't know here, but we know of. Yes. So uh, so just just tell us who's who in your family. Well, we were married in '76. Um, I taught for a year, and then Matt. Then I had Matt. So actually, I didn't teach teach the deaf children for very long. Um, so I had Matt in 76. Um, Matt's went to, eventually cut it short, he went to, Southampton, to um, Swansea University, met and married a Welsh girl and still lives in Wales, um, in Port Talbot. But he's got three children. Uh, so we don't see him so often, although he's coming up next weekend, which is great. Um, in April... Um, 1980 had David who married young as, as he said to us well you can't say anything because you got married young mum <laughs> so he got married a young age towards the end of his university to of course to a girl called Leah um, they've got four children they live in Coventry at the moment he's working for Grace Academies which is a Christian teaching trust and he's he's really yeah he's, he's really found his neat <laughs> what he's meant to be doing, I think. And um, Hannah came along in at 81. And uh, Hannah, our daughter, she didn't go to university. She trained as a sports therapist, and, um, but then went into merchandising, working for different... For, she worked for George, didn't she? But now she works for Next. But in the meantime, start, met and um, her part, met her partner and... Um, she uh, has four children. So altogether, we've ended up with 11 grandchildren. Wow, OK. So three children, 11 grandchildren. Yeah. From wow. 19 down to one. Okay. Christmases <laughs> in your household are sounding very expensive. Yeah. Oh, today, yes, Kate. and birthdays. Yeah, and, uh, and birthdays, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, I think what I'd say about our family as well is that they're all very different. You know, as they've been growing up, they've been very different. Now they're very different. Maybe the way they raise their families is very different, but they are all now they're very close together to one another and they're very close to us, you know, and we've sort of managed, we've maintained a really close relationship with them. I think, you know, even when maybe they've made 
life choices that perhaps we think, oh, hang on, you know, that, that's not what we'd have done. But sometimes you have to step back as a parent. But, um, but we've kept, we've always maintained that those open lines of communication. We all, they know that we love them. They know they can come to us if they have need, and they do. And that's great, I think. That's really sort of important. Okay, so let's just have a little, little recap between us then. So Kate was born in where, just remember? Chancering, mm. okay. And then went to university in... <laughs> okay. You didn't know it was a quiz, did you? No, that's right, okay. okay. You're just, just globetrotting, okay. And then lived in, to start with, Manchester. Manchester. Went to church in Bradford. And then you moved to Bradford. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So where else have you lived? Because you've, uh, you've done some miles, Kate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, we, we were, so in Bradford, we were, we were involved in the start of the church in Bradford. Um, so it's a bit of a theme in our life, being involved at the start of churches. So um, when we moved there, um, some gr different groups, the spirit was really moving, bringing different groups of people together. And so we were involved right at the beginning of, of, of the church in Bradford. We met in the library theatre, and then they bought church house, um, which is a big old building in the centre of Bradford. Um, and so we, we, we were through, went through that and sort of got very involved in there. Julian was always heavily involved in um, media and PA and anything technical. That was Something Julian, of course. Change, yeah, no, yeah. no, <laughs> always been the way. Um, and so in 1982, um, we moved out to a village called Eldwick, which was out towards Keithley on the way out to the Dales, um, because a church, um, there was a plant out church starting in Keithley. The Airedale Church. I'm looking at you. You're nodding. I'm getting it right. And um, and again, we felt very much we should be involved in that. Um, and also, we were very close. We'd grown very close to a couple named Graham and Anne Deacon, who some of you may 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 know. And Graham sadly passed away a few years ago. But we we were we were very blessed to see Anne or Auntie Anne, as our kids call her. Um, earlier this week, which was fantastic. We were very close to them, and I think we just felt drawn to be with them, to, to serve them, and to be mentored again by them, uh, and sort of you, with that, within that relationship. It was there, actually, that we first met um, your, your dad, Esther's dad, Chris Spicer, because Chris and Tina were there. And the first time I met Chris, Esther's dad was, we'd moved to our brand new house, and when I got there, he'd taken the window out to get the sofas in because they were helping us move. And I had no idea that he was a brilliant, actually brilliant woodworker and, you know, very good with his hands and that. But he took the window out in our house. Yeah. And they, they did put it back again. Okay, but they got okay. The we're, we're relieved Yeah, they did put that. it back again. Yeah. But that's where, again, really strong relationship there yeah. with Chris and Tina. Um, and uh, so we've known, we go back a long way, yeah. don't we? <laughs> so you, you took that decision to move then in order to, to serve the church? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And also to be, because we knew that that relationship that we had was important to us and it would help us grow, yeah, yeah I think, and, and that we needed it, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were there until 1991 where, um, as part, for reasons I'll hopefully come to later, we, we moved down to the Midlands because um, by that time Julian was working for Covenant Ministries, which was, you know, the body of men like Bryn and, and Kerry, different men working together. They wanted a base in the Midlands 
And um, because Julian was working with them at that time, we were part of the move to the Midlands. And um, we chose to come to Narborough, ended up in Narborough. We could have gone anywhere, really, that there was a church. But again, it was, where are we going to church? And by that, where are we going to go to church? And at that point, our children were just teenage or just coming up to teenage years. And um, it was very important. I remember we were, it was very important to us that we went somewhere that had something for the children, for our teenagers, that they, we knew they'd have a strong youth group and that they would be looked after as well. And actually, that's what happened because, um, you know, there was a very strong youth group, a peer group that, I, you know, certainly for some of our kids is very important still today. But also they had some older young men, you know, it's sort of when, you, when, you're, when you're 15, 16, maybe you don't relate to someone of our age so much as you would do to someone who's in their early 20s or mid-20s, but really strong walking with God. And they found that. Mm. They, again, they had some really strong relationships. There were people there who really looked after them and helped them. So, so that was brilliant for us. So that was the reason we ended up in Narborough, had easy access to where the base was, which was down Nettle Hill down near Coventry, but also then access into... Mm. Um, so what you're describing there sounds, sounds as if you're talking about the church being community and, yeah. being, and being a family. Yeah. So older, older brothers, very, you know, and that one. Yeah, yeah, very, very much, children, very much yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Uh, very strong. There were relationships there. I mean, Chris and Tina, by that time, Esther's mum and dad were already living in Narborough as well, and there were various other people in Narborough. And um, so I think that became a community for us as well, and also relationships we made within the church. And, of course, it was going then to Leicester Christian Fellowship that then the um, out of that came a plant out in yes. Narborough. another plant out. <laughs> another plant Excellent. out. So, yeah. so Kate's been all the way down south. She's also been up north, and now she's, she's back uh, in the best part of the world in, uh, yeah. in, in Leicestershire, which is, uh, which is good. Okay. Mm. So what are some other of, of, of the key things in your life, Kate, that's kind of driven what you've spent your time doing? Um, the first one, I, I would say, um, we always say that the, the, the key point for us was we re the way we re I remember it, and I think Julian does as well, at one point, obviously, we, Julian was working in technical things in the church, but, you know, working on Sundays, working, doing various things. Um, Bryn Jones was really keen to start a TV ministry. They'd been, you'd been doing things in Bible Weeks, hadn't you? And they'd started filming Bible Weeks by that time and things, so that the sort of filming element had come into it. And we're in the 80s now, so it wasn't, you know, it's a lot different to, it, to what it is now, today. But um, in 1984, Bryn set, took Julian on one side and said, well, when are you going to leave your job and come and join the TV ministry? <laughs> And that's how I remember it. Yeah. That, that's literally, honestly how I remember it happening. And it was like, oh, but I don't, I don't remember ever any doubt. I mean, of course, we had to weigh. It was a huge decision. Yeah, it was a massive thing. And, and we had to weigh the, um, the consequences and, um, and what it meant for us as a family. Julian, by that time, his career was starting to progress and... So he, you know, we were, he was, wage was going up. And so there's all these things you have to take mm. into account. And, and we knew that if he left that job and went to work for the TV, there wouldn't be the financial support that we 
just starting to get used to and all the effects of that. So we had to weigh that, but I don't ever, I honestly don't remember it ever being more than, oh yeah, okay, we're gonna do this. <laughs> That's how I remember it. Because um, it is a we, obviously it was Julian mm. moving, but it, it impacted the family. And so, and so that's when you left, Julian left his job, started working for the TV ministry, which was developed. They were filming things, uh, filming meetings, filming things, making packaging up programs to go to Namibia, wasn't it, at first, I think? And, well, or South Africa? Satellite. Satellite. Yeah, you remember more than... But, tech, you know obviously technical things, and then it developed into making um, little programs and things and lots of things like that. But so that was really sort of a key point in, for us, I think, a turning point. So and just to say, that, that request then came from Bryn, yes. who, who's like a spiritual father yes. Yes. to you. And, and therefore, did you see that as being a call from God? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it was, yeah, it it totally was was a call from God. We always, always saw it as a ministry, even though um, the business, right from the start, once the TV business started developing, it's, even in those days, it was a very um, gobbles up money and, and, you know, investment in equipment and there's changes all the time. You can imagine the changes from when we, we first started in it to what you've got now and a huge amount of investment and things so it always had to be it was run as a commercial business so you had to start taking it down the commercial run, route um, certainly you know eventually a few years down the line and um, but it was always a ministry mm. as well um, and a ministry to serve you know to put God's word yeah. out there yeah. in various ways um, and, and I have to say that God never, although we'd weighed up those financial consequences, um, God, God never let us down, you know. We never, suffer, we never suffered, we never lacked anything, you know. Um, a, a, little, a little thing, but it, to me it just shows how much God loves us. That One of the things, you know, it's what goes through your mind at times like this. One of the things was, oh... We were just planning a holiday to Disney, family holiday to Disney, and we were quite excited about that. But that's not going to happen now because we're not going to be able to afford it. But we laid it down. And, and I know, it, you know, it's maybe a little thing, but it was a conscious laying down of that. And it really wasn't long, and it was actually at a much better time for us that we were able to go to Disney, and we felt even though, and I don't know how we did it actually, <laughs> looking back, you know, but we never lacked. And um, we've always, we always prioritized our holidays, and God knew that, I think. And we were able to go to Disney, and it was actually a much better time for the kids. Yeah. The kids were a bit older, appreciated it much. But it's just a little thing, but God never lets you down, you know. You, you put your, Put your hands in, yeah. in God, and he doesn't let you down. That's a great example of God's provision, mm. isn't it? Um, and sort of going on from that with the business, in, in 1996, we were asked if we wanted to buy the business out because it, we were running it from Nettle Hill. That was part of the move, moved it down to Nettle Hill. Um, and we were asked if we wanted to buy the business because Covenant Ministries didn't want to be have the responsibility of the business. At that, by that time, and we felt again, yeah, it's right to do it. We 
with the help of family, we, we were able to raise some money and we bought the business out. So it became ours, but it was still a ministry. Yes. <laughs> to us, it's always been, a, yeah. it was always a ministry. Yeah. Um, we, and the impact of that on me was that I'd had, or one of the impacts was that I had to start working in the office. I'd done little bits and pieces before and I'd been working for the Covenant Ministries doing some research work and things, but um, on, a, on a sort of just volunteer basis, but I had to start working in the business and that was a major impact yes. for me because I had no training whatsoever. You know? um, I couldn't, you know, I'd only just started using computers yeah. and things and didn't really know finances and things, but yeah, so that was a huge impact yeah. on me. Running a business within a family is hard work, isn't it? It's, um, it is, yeah. yeah. No set hours and, uh, and things like that. How, yeah. how did that affect family life? Um, well, it was never, yeah, it was never, and that's one of the challenges really, it was, it was never a nine to five job anyway. Mm. Um, Julian would work, be working very long hours, he'd be working away quite often. Um, you know, one of the things we did in the earlier days while we stood up in Bradford um, as well was was a, a night, a, a weekly show which went out live on Saturdays. And so he'd be travelling all over the country. But then he'd come back and in the early hours of the morning get a few hours sleep. And I honestly don't think, you know, you know, I don't think you missed church once, really, or certainly not knowingly. You'd come back, you'd do it, you'd, get, you'd do your job, come back in the early hours of the morning we'd get up and go to church, usually doing the PA, more often than not, probably, as well. But, you know, it was just, that's what it, what it was. Yeah. That's how it was, you know. Yeah. We had to work hard, but you we didn't, we couldn't let the church go and, the, yeah. and, and, and that side of things go as well. So. You knew what it was you were called to, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and all, always sort of that, yeah. It, and obviously it had an impact on the family as well. I mean, we didn't do, we never did, bank holidays, a um, lot of weekends were working, the nature of the jobs that we got that we didn't do bank holidays. Um, Boxing Day, um, we were always, Julian was always working Boxing Day because we were covering sports, so we didn't do Boxing Day. Um, you'd be up very, very early on Boxing Day, mm. New Year's Day, <laughs> New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Mm. <laughs> Easter, you know, we didn't do Bangkok, we just didn't do things like that. So that, again, we prioritised holidays, I think, and, made, and, and that's one of the things we did do. And we had, um, it, I remember we went to a leaders weekend once and um, Bryn, again, was speaking and um, he was talking about how, how to look after your family you know, particularly if you're if you're in if you're in ministry, but in whatever you're doing, if if what you're doing take you know involves sometimes things, it does take a lot of your time up and things. But how do you prioritise your family as well? Um, and he talked about making memory boxes with your family, and I think that really stuck with us. And um, we and that's one of the things we try to do. And and I know our kids now will talk about some of the holidays we had. You know, yeah. and. Uh, and, and the t things we did together. I mean, Matt, Matt always says, well, I'm never going to go, never going to make my kids do what you made us do and get in the car and drive to the south of France from Bradford, which, which we did a few times. But that was how we managed to go on yeah. holiday quite yeah. often, you know, but we did it and they talk about what we did. So, yeah, yeah that so was... So what you're saying, it sounds as if you've, you've set out your stall 
you and Julian to raise a family to try and hear God's call on your life to work as hard as you can to to build his church but not without hard work not without mm. challenges what what other challenging moments have you had Kate that's um, um that you've come across can I just say first actually there was another thing that I wanted yeah, to say okay. about a, a key moment okay. to us a yeah, key moment sure. first of all before we move on from that another key moment and it goes back to what we've, we've already talked about about people was meeting David and Deborah okay um because I can still remember the first time we met them and um actually Tina Esther's mum brought brought them up the road because they lived when we moved in I mean we didn't know obviously but mm. they lived just down the road from us David and Deborah and so Tina brought this young couple <laughs> up to us in 91 um and um brought them up to the back door and I can still remember meeting them and that was a really significant yeah. point you don't know it at the time you know but yeah. there was that joining yeah then that's still with us and I know will be with us for the rest of our lives. Meeting David and Deborah have been a key moment for other people as yeah. well. Has been for Benj. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, great. Important, yeah. important joining. It was, yeah, it was, uh, and that, so that was important. Um, yeah, challenge, challenges. Yeah, yeah, you wanted to go on to yeah. challenges. Yeah, challenges. challenges. Yeah, yeah there, there were challenges. There were um, yeah, a lot, very hard work. It, it is hard work running your own business, but, but even before it was our own business, um, I'd say thinking about it, yeah, there, there, were, there were tears, there were frustrations, there were points where you wanted to sort of give up, you know. It's, it's hard, even, run, even though we were working in a Christian business with, run by Christians, you know. Sometimes, although you're, you, you know you're going towards the same end, but actually, different people have different ways of getting there, and different people come in, and and you know things are done perhaps not the way you do them, and um, that that could be hard. You know that wasn't always easy. So there were frustrations, but but we kept at it. And certainly when it was our own business, um, yeah, again very hard work, very um, uh, as I've already said, long hours. Um, and also the responsibility as well of having your own business. I think for me, um, we had to, uh, I got to the point say I had to ban talk of business after 11 o'clock at night or when we were in bed. <laughs> you know, I had to, because we'd get to bed and lie there and Julian would say, oh, did you do that? And that would ruin my night's sleep, you know. So, so we had a ban on asking questions about work after a certain time. And the responsibility, you know, like um, because of the job we were doing, running um, outside broadcasts, you know, with, with trucks and people on the road. Um, and it, um, it was always a responsibility. Like on Boxing Day, in the early days, the way you'd find out about the jobs that were going on was on teletext or CFAX. And so I'd be up... At, Julian would be out the door at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd be up watching CFAX to make sure the, 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 the meetings were going ahead uh, because of weather and things and whether I'd have to ring them up and cancel everybody off, you know, or would that piece of equipment arrive or what happens if it doesn't? What if someone rings you up at the last minute? So there was lots of that... Lots of You're that. happy to explain CFAX after the gathering? If the yeah, 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 any question? Yeah, I just need an explanation of what I did we're say, talking about. Sorry, yeah. we did go back a long way, <laughs> and it was very different in those days. And it, yeah. yeah, it was. So, so that, was, that was one of the things. Um, 
also actually moving down to the Midlands was quite, on a, on a different sort of sense, moving to the Midlands was quite hard just on a practical level because we couldn't sell our house and we didn't sell it. We, we were never going to be the part of the first part of the move, but um, we, couldn't, we couldn't sell the house and so we couldn't do it. And so there was this period of a year or so, I think, when particularly within the church that we were in, we'd been very established in the church and we wanted, we, we made a conscious decision that while we were there, we were there and we were 100% involved. Mm. But at the same time, everybody knows that you're moving on. Yes. And it did have, it did impact, I think, how people saw us and how they used us and, you know, understandably, but it, it was difficult at mm. times and that, and that, that was a challenge. Mm. Um, I think as well, there were, um, one of the things I really want to say is, that actually you come to realise that your your decisions to go, to do what God's asking you to do, actually you realise they impact your family and your kids as well, you know, because again, thinking about that time of moving, um, the kids had to up sticks and move down to a completely different, um, I was going to say country, county, um, at an important time of their lives. And we got to the point where we just said, right, it's not happening, but we've got to do something. We're going to rent somewhere. So we rented somewhere in Narborough, and it was all going to happen. We took the kids out of school. You know, um, They finished at the end of the spring term, so they said goodbye to all their friends. There was a big thing. The kids had all gone through this one village, village school, and it was lovely, so they were no, really known, and they had really strong relationships there. And... Within about a week, a week, well, a few days of that happening, we got a letter saying the move, the fallen through, we couldn't have the accommodation. So suddenly, we had to put the kids back into school. <laughs> and I, I remember running down. I think it's a silly thing, but you'd just gone. To, you were on the way to London on the train or something from Bingley Station, and I remember driving down saying, "We've got this letter. We've got this letter. We can't. We can't move. You know what do we do? We had to put the kids back into school, so they all had to go. And I mean, I think Hannah particularly sort of would remember the, going in. Oh, Hannah, we thought you'd moved. You know, we thought you'd gone. So they had to go through all that. And then when we did eventually get down, which was very quickly afterwards, it seemed like a long time, but actually we were down by the autumn. Kids went into school and then actually um, our kids reacted in a way that we didn't expect. Right. And actually it was harder for our middle son who was out, you know, all the outgoing, lively one, always made loads of friends, bro older brother a bit more reserved and things. So we thought, oh, well, he might be the one we're challenged. Actually, it was harder for David, and he really struggled. And he'd, he, you know, he'd say this. He wouldn't mind me sharing this. He'd say this. He, it really, he really struggled. Whereas Matt took it in his stride. Yeah. And it's partly to do with the schools, partly to do with the group, you know, the different school years and things. And but it was difficult. So I think, you know, we have to sort of recognise yeah. that there are challenges sure. and impacks for our kids. Really. Sure. Can we? Um Watching the clock as well. Mm. Okay, so can we come a little more up to date? Because you have you've had a challenge with your health, haven't you? Yeah. More yeah. recently, that um, I think would be good for you to share with us. Yeah. Um, there, again, out of the blue, really, really out of the blue. In two thousand and eight, I started. Um, we were running the business. By that time, um, we had been at, after challenges, years and years of 
of challenges and working by herself, we'd been able to bring other people on board and I had help in the office, Julian had help. Um, but suddenly I started noticing a few little things um, and I won't go into detail, but you know, um, I, I noticed little changes in my habits and things were little bits of blood maybe and things and, and that, that was, you know, you dismiss things, you just don't think anything. And then we actually went away on holiday and I wasn't well on holiday and I don't think it was anything to, to do with um, what was wrong, but it just, I just remember one occasion where, <laughs> I'll tell you in more detail if you want, because I don't mind talking about these things, so you can ask, come and ask me anything afterwards. But there was just one occasion when I thought, this isn't right, I need to go and get, some, get something seen to. So on November the 2nd in 2008, I went to see the doctor and by December the 5th, I was having an operation for bowel cancer because they found that. Now, I really, really believe that me noticing things and then this sort of moment on holiday, I really believe that was the start of my healing. Right. I, see, I see it as, because it made me go to the doctor. The doctor said to me, oh, afterwards he said to me, um, oh, you know, I was 50-50 as to whether to refer you on because it wasn't that big a thing, you know, and there weren't that many. Uh, and I was 50-50. I don't know why I did it, really. And I, I did actually say to him, well, I know why he did it because yes. I, I think the spirit had been prompting me to go to the doctor and I really believe the, the spirit prompted him yeah. to refer me on. Yeah. But as you can imagine, that was a real... That month was a whirlwind, yes. you know, telling the family, telling people organising the business mm. um, because we knew it would have an impact on us. Um, what, and then physically, um, having the operation, um, I ended up having a, a stoma bag fitted as well. So I had a, a temporary stoma just to let the... Um, they'd taken a big chunk of my bowel out, so they just had to let it heal, mm. you know, that sort of thing. And so I had to learn to live with that. Yeah had to get over the operation and then I had six months of chemotherapy and that was challenging as well yeah, yeah it was a, but the whole the one thing I'll say is I didn't I knew God with us right from the beginning the the day in the hospital where we went I'd had a colonoscopy and they'd found something and they'd sent it off um, and we had to go back in and see the, con uh, see the consultant. And we, we sort of saw a registrar first, and he said, yeah, it is cancerous. Mm. You need an operation. I need to go and talk to the consultant. You know, and suddenly you've got this whole thing. But we went and sat down. We had to go and wait for a few minutes, and we went and sat in this cafe in the bowels of the hospital somewhere having a cup of tea. But I honestly can say I've never felt such peace as in mm. that moment. Mm. And God spoke to me and said, just do what the doctors say. Mm. I remember again, specifically, just do what the doctors say. And, you know, I'm not saying that's for everybody and God works into it, but that was my moment of peace. And mm. I, as I say, I believe my healing had already started. And God, that's how God was working. Mm. And I... I honestly believe that's, that was my, you know, when I, yeah. my healing was with, started. But also I knew just so much God with us all the time. Yes. And it was, it was hard work, you know, yeah. juggling the business, juggling the family, getting very tired on this chemo. I did 40, each, each dose, I, I actually had to be in hospital for 48 hours because of the particular dose mm. they were giving me. Mm. And you get tireder and tireder and tireder. Yeah. 
you think you've reached the t peak tiredness and then you realise there's more peak tiredness. <laughs> but we also determined that we were going to live. Yes. You know? Yeah. Right. It, we, we were going to live. I remember saying, we said it to ourselves, and we were mm. going to live through this time. We're not just going to endure it. We are yeah. going to live. That's a great thing to say. So we did what we did, what we could do. As I say, just that sense and that sense of peace and God with me yes. the whole time. Was yeah, that kind of sickness would be horrible for anybody. And yet what you're saying is because you knew God as your father, he was able to bring something into that situation that that was helpful, bring, brought you peace, brought you comfort. Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And, at, you know, at different times, just, you know, when you're sitting there really tired and... and and things, but but just knowing God's God's mm. presence, you know, and and also knowing the family, you know, knowing the help from from everyone around us, and yes. you know, Steve and Mandy took control of Christmas for us, didn't they? I remember oh, I that. Imagine. They, yeah, I knew, I knew. Give them half a if chance you know, to take yeah, control of all Christmases as well. They came. I think <laughs> I just come out of probably come out of hospital, and they came round, you know. You, Steve took you off to get the Christmas tree, and you came <laughs> on him back. Christmas tree got put up. Things, you know, and things yeah, like that, and meals brilliant. and everything else. So yeah, you yeah. seem to be describing the church as a family. Yeah, again, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's always important, you know. Yeah. And telling people was very difficult. I mean, yeah. but but there's, there are those people. I think we've always known because of how we used to describe it when we were up in hell. We, we, we've known that we've had life joints. You know, there yeah. are people... You get close to loads of different people, but there are people God puts you around you. Um, and we've always thought of it like that, yes. really, that there are, um, there are life joints, the people who are closest to you, you know, people, you know, when things go wrong and someone rings you up and asks how you're doing and you can burst into tears on the phone for them, you know, mm. <laughs> um, because you know you've got that relationship, you know. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask you a final question, mm. Kate, and that's to do with um, what, what you could say to us today um, by way of encouragement. If there's something that you've learned over the course of your life that you think would be good for us to know that's going to build us up in our own faith, what, what would that be? Um, I think there are... If I looking back, which is it's, it's a great exercise to look back on your life, I see that even though I, you know, maybe at different points of our life, I wouldn't have put it like this. But I've all, I think what's driven us has been um, knowing that we're doing what God wants us to do, that we responded to what God wants us to do, knowing that we're where we're doing that where He wants us to be, and with and that we're doing it with the people he wants us to be with. Mm. And I think that's a sort of recurring theme. As a lot, but yeah, obviously there's lots of things I haven't been able to say, but that is a recurring theme that we, we've always known. And I, I think that's one of the things that really keeps you when you get those challenging moments. Yes. That's, that anchors you, if you can say that. So I, I'd, I'd, I'd end, want to end by saying, um, I know that I can say right here, right now, I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm doing it where he wants me to do it. And I'm doing it with the people that he wants me to do it yeah. with. And so I just sort of throw out that challenge um, as a sort of almost, it, I think it's a good exercise sometimes to say to yourself, mm.
can I, can I say that? You know, or just one of those elements, can I say that? And, and I'm sure, actually, 90% of the time, you'll say, yes, I can say that, but knowing that is what anchors you. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you're doing what yeah. God wants you to do, that's what anchors you yes. in the tough times, knowing yes. that you're where he wants you to be and you're with the people that he wants yeah. you to be with. That's great. That's what I'd leave with you. Thank you so much, Kate. Why don't we give Kate a round of applause? <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.